The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Welcome to Issues That Matter, a weekly program featuring interesting topics and fascinating guests. Each week, Issues That Matter tackles the concerns of people across all spectrums. And now, with this week's edition of Issues That Matter, here are your hosts, Edward King and Kristen Hurley. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. We're actually on hour two of our show, so uh, thank you for holding on and and sharing with us the last hour, I hope you uh, learned a lot. That was a very interesting show about American frontline nurses and the obvious attack. I mean, they must have Antifa on their tails and, you know, the the violence of Black Lives Matter and, you know, just all of the crudeness and cruelness that we see across only the far, far left. And it reminds me of how the Nazis in the brown shirts took down and defeated good Germans, good people in that country and took over. And they're just a splinter group, just like this is a splinter group. And I think the point that came out of this first hour is Americans need to stand up. We need to speak up and act. Now, I'm not saying get your guns out and start shooting people. <laughs> Are you? Because <laughs> we're keeping that secret. No, I mean, that's I'm joking, obviously. But the reality is we, we actually just can't sit back and just think that things will get better. You know, it's just like the result of the last presidential election. And when we came up for the midterm elections, we all thought, well, it's just going to balance out. Well, unfortunately, the... American election system is completely broken and it's been hijacked. And, um, you know, I, before we get into the show, I, I have You're to say on a this. Roll thing. Already, I, no, I'm already on a roll. So I, I have to say this, though. You know, everybody knows that in this show, we've got a, a, a Democrat, me, and we have. A, oh, he's a radical, looking at me like, what are you? Yeah, actually? I'm trying to figure it out. You must be a Republican, <laughs> but you're one of those radicals on that side. And, oh, I'm, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, as as we Just Democrats as always as say gets. is that you guys are try, are against democracy and, and I'm racist. I'm a racist. Yes. I'm an insurrectionist. And I'm all a of domestic so, terrorist. Proud of all of that. <laughs> so the reality, though, is it's all lies. And I think what happened on Thursday, I guess it was of this of the last week or something like that. You know, I, they just literally passed a tipping point with me, and so I, I have to announce on here that I'm no longer a registered Democrat. Oh, I'm so excited to hear this. So no, you're not. You're making they, a joke they of me. T- no, they tipped it over. They, they, no, they, they, they pushed I've been too meaning far. to say, yeah, exactly. You know, you've held on to that. To make a point, or you know, for various reasons. Well, no, let, but at what about, point do you? No, no, think about it. Okay, so I've been around the around the planet for uh, some time here, and I remember my mom, who anytime Martin Luther King, and this is back in the '60s, would be on television. She would find a TV, we'd be on, and we'd watch it, and she'd drag me over to it, and we'd watch it. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fond admirer of John F. Kennedy and his brother who were gunned down by the CIA. And, you know, the proof is out there. And actually, the proof has been coming out. And so, in essence, what I'm seeing is it's not a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. The election is not of the people, for the people, by the people. The control of it with these electronic vote manipulators or vote counters, as they like to call it, we really need to go back to the paper ballots. We really need to have voter ID because the abuses of this far, far left that is not the Democrat Party that I'm a, per, a participating member of. And I just, Manchin is not a member of that. Senator Manchin, he's not a member of that. But I, I have lost so much faith in the Gavin Newsons, the Pelosi's of the world, the Schumer's. Why is all the bad Democrats from California or New York? I mean, you know, there are some that are coming out of Minnesota now and some other states that have like Washington State and Oregon. Uh, but even in Washington, Oregon only represents Seattle and Portland. Mm -hmm. If you go to Spokane, they're good people. If you go to Eastern Oregon, which is two thirds of the state, they're good people, regardless of their political affiliation. So I need to get back to, I'm, I'm just on a roll, I can't help this. What we need to do is we need to do the same thing that happened in 1854. 1854, the Republican Party was born. And what it was born on, what it was based on, was anti-slavery. Now, of course, the Democrats today don't mention the fact that their whole party all the way through the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, including Joe Biden, were pro-slavery or pro-segregation segregation and so forth. Yep. They were also the member that created the uh, Planned Parenthood, whose number one goal was to abort black babies. Eugenics. It was all about that. It was not about women's health. Let's face it. Mm -hmm. And then add to the modern world of transgender and thinking that that's perfectly fine. What we shared about in the last hour, which was big pharma killing people across the country and primarily within the borders of the United States, as well as Canada, as well as Australia, as well as many countries in Europe. But if you go to a, 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 any other state, even Mexico, you can get Infermectin yeah. for four dollars. Ivermectin. Ivermectin. Thank yeah. you very much. No, you're so. fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I and I think what Edward what started him off on on the rant here was mm -hmm. last hour we had American frontline nurses on, and hearing their tale of the personal threats they have endured just for asking questions and speaking out yeah. and promoting people taking responsibility for their own medical care and health and well-being, um, advocating for patients in hospitals, the simple things that they are doing to promote freedom and independence and the American values. And they are being torn to shreds by these super fringe left-wing activists, excuse me, domestic terrorists. Yeah, they are. It's mm -hmm. a sickness that has infected this nation. Yeah where people think that this is okay and acceptable to treat one another this way. And it it's such a can of worms. Right. <laughs> but 
I, I think that that's my big takeaway from last yeah. hour. And I encourage all the listeners to go back and listen if you didn't catch it. Yeah. And and here's how it ties into our first story, which is the the levy over in Pajaro. Oh, yeah. What's what's really interesting about it is when you finally look at it, number one, there was the promises given, promises broken. So the promises was back in 22, I believe it was, or maybe before that, they, they signed all of these, find the money, fix the levy, because the levy in its condition, it was built in 1949. And it's failed multiple times. And this levy is built only for a flood protection that falls into the category of five to seven year flood. So we're not we're talking a bump, really, when you think about it. And then it then they are promoting the Gavin Newsons of the world. We're going to build this fabulous hundred year flood protection to protect Watsonville and Pajaro Valley. And it's going to start construction in 2025, right? Well, they so, finally they finally got the money after mm-hmm. years and years and years. But and they're years. going to spend it before they build it. Yeah. Uh, you take my word for Excuse it. Excuse right me, now. the Keep train going. to nowhere. Is this what I'm hearing? Right. Yep. Go Edward, if I could just add something real quick on that, I can remember the the big floods in '95 and '98, and I can't remember which was the one that wiped out Pajaro, either 95 or 98, but back then, 95. So that's 27 years ago, 28 years ago. And they told us, we are going to fix this now, and this will never happen to these people in Pajaro again. (laughs) Empty promises as always. Yeah, exactly. And it's a teaching moment again, and I think this is what Edward's saying is again and again and again, like how many times, you know, you do the same thing over and over and over again, you know, how crazy you are you? Trusting government is the, the, the definition of insanity is, is believing government. Exactly. And here we're looking at it in the face. And, and I think the reason I've been bringing this up for the last few weeks is a, I'm from Santa Cruz County, spent many, many years in Watsonville, have tons of connections there. I have friends with ranches that were underwater there they're 70 plus years of farming and ranching the Pajaro Valley um, gone overnight. And, mm-hmm. you know, and will they be able to come back? And it's not just limited to my friends. There's plenty of mm-hmm. berry growers and, and farmers out there. Um, lost an incredible amount of money. And, you know, it's, it, there's bigger ramifications, berry industry and oh. farming in general. The ag industry is up against such a wall with government regulatory um, measures and all that sort of thing. And this has really set a number of people back, not to mention in the town of Pajaro, there, you know, there's toilets are still not working. Right. They still don't have potable water in their homes and stuff. Yeah. And it, so I just feel like this, this has gotten a little bit overlooked. Um, and well, it just, it bears here's, keeping in mind. Here's the reason why it's overlooked. Oh, dude. <laughs> no, because the city of Pajaro, the Valley of Pajaro is populated by poor people that have no vote, no voice. And they're all Hispanic, 80, 90% of the people that live in the city of Pajaro. And then if you look at the town of Watsonville, right across the bridge, right across that little drip of a, of a river or creek or whatever you, California, whatever you Californians call those things. <laughs> uh, the point is, is that, they go in prior to an election, pontificate about what they're going to do for the community. The community votes for them 80, 90% pass. 
And then they walk, the politicians who are all talk walk away and don't do anything and show up two years later and they have some public address that we're going to do wonderful things for you and people continue to fall for it. And as it was pointed out, it was 1997 that we had the last flood or 95. 95. Killer killed two people, caused $95 million in damage. And, you know, even though the land is partially washed away where your farmers are, right? Where were they growing? Your your farmer friends. Strawberries. Strawberries. Okay. And what's interesting is the organ we reached out to two organizations because we really wanted to dig into this. We reached out to a strawberry company that starts with a D. And it's beyond me why they didn't want to stand up. They even have their own marketing or their own PR person that could easily address this and they were running from it. Now, I almost walked away with that thought that they remind me of those that are participating in the World Economic Forum, that they're too big to be bothered by local people because they grow strawberries all over the place. You know, it's not just the Watsonville area. So yeah, they lost a couple hundred acres of strawberries. Nah, no big deal for them. But the little farmers that live there like your friends that have farmed for 70 years, they're the ones that 100% of their land is is inundated with water and it's going to take a while for it to recover. Right. And- yeah, there, there's so many tangled webs to this, I think. Mm-hmm. And I do know the lieutenant governor apparently was out this week to tour around the area. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know if Biden's actually going to sign disaster um, help for the area. It, anyways, it, it's well. Just this, this radio nice station get... that we're broadcasting off of, you know, is Salinas Valley, heavily agricultural, mm-hmm. all the way up through Santa Cruz and Watsonville and stuff. And so it, it is relevant. It's a teaching moment for everyone, just like everything else we're seeing in the news these days. Yeah. You're paying attention. You're asking questions and wondering why things aren't, you know, as they seem or they appear different. So. I don't so know. It, it, people need to wake up. That's that's simply all I really want to say. Hey, so this next show- Edward, could I, I just add one thing about this about the situation in Pajaro and Watsonville? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stories I read about what happened over there uh, mentioned briefly the 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 absolute precipice of disaster the entire Pajaro Valley was facing because they were very close to losing the sewage plant in Watsonville and had the same thing that happened to Paro happened in Watsonville, 60,000 people would have been forced to leave Watsonville and go elsewhere for shelter. Now look, look at what they had to do to get two or 3000 people out of Paro into temporary shelter. Imagine trying to find a place to send 60,000 people. This is the, the edge, the precipice of the disaster that we are on because of the repeated failure of government, the you know people who refuse to do the boring, mundane work of taking care of infrastructure, because they're they're the entire reason that they get into politics is to pursue progressive and woke policies, and taking care of infrastructure isn't exciting or interesting to them. So we end up with these types of situations every few years. That's all I wanted to say about that. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. And one last little bit is that 60,000 people 
only represents 0.0015% of the population because what do we got? 39 plus million people in California. Mm -hmm. Do they care about those people in Pajaro? They do not. And, and that's my point. They, they don't care. Politicians in your state of the Democrat state of California that's been Democrat, and I'm a Democrat, or at least I was until yeah, day until yesterday. Well, I, this, I'm nobody now. We're going to segue yes. into something I've been meaning to really address on this show, and we're going to keep at this topic, and that is representation. Everyone on the left likes to shout, democracy, democracy, threat to democracy, right? Mm -hmm. Our democracy doesn't necessarily exist if you look at the numbers and if you consider what actual representation means in a democratic government and society. So 30,000 people. (laughs) Right, right. When the framers designed the country, of course, it was a long time ago and there were a lot less people. Mm -hmm. However, the and I just want to broach this, and we're going to get more heavily in depth as maybe the time goes on here. But what does it mean when let's take California for example? Who do we have in our state legislature, Edward? We have the California Senate. There's 40 state senators mm-hmm. in the California Assembly. So they we represent one 80. million people each. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone stop and think about that. Let's just round off and say there's 40 million Californians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is one million people per Senate state senator. He represents a million people. What? Even yeah. in the assembly, a half a million people. What? Mm-hmm. That's who is supposed to be your voice in Sacramento? There, it's 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 an impossibility that those people that go to Sacramento to legislate and to supposedly represent you and your community and your interests and your needs, they have no idea what your name is. Now, this varies across the nation. There are other states, and I, I want to say Vermont, New Hampshire, some New England states, um, some other states that have far, far greater representation in their state houses. Sure. And it's it's a tangible thing for that representative to know people by name in their towns and, and little hamlets, mm-hmm. right? So we're looking at this on a national scale as well. Here we go with the House of Representatives, 435 House and, of Representatives. And 52 of them represent California. All right, right. How many people is that, right? Seven in California, 750,000 people per congressional district. Right. Is that your voice in Washington? Or did that representative leave you behind a long time ago? So the more, the deeper we get into this, and I think it's so important for people to be educated about this. Why are there only 435 representatives in the, in the, uh, in Congress? Do right. T- do tell, do tell. When did they cap that? I I don't think that the size of the house was capped in 1929. Now I don't have offhand what the population of the United States was back then. Certainly was. What are we at? 380 million. Here? Growing by the million every day as they come across the border. Right. Mm-hmm. So the size of the Assembly and Senate in California has not changed since the 1800s. Look it up. Why is that? Why has it not grown with the population? The population right now is three times the size that it was in the early 20s. There we go. 
So there's not three times the size of representatives. In no, Congress. no. I, you know, there are some other differences, though. You know, speaking as a Democrat here, um, is that convince me? Well, back in the day, you know, and and back in the days of the creation of our our fabulous republic here is the travel was by horseback and then later on by train and then later on in the 20s by you know clunky slow cars and and there was no you know the there was no electronic means of communicating now that would have been a good direction unfortunately electronic communications has gotten lost in the history of freedom right because now they're manipulating and using it against us so let's move back to we do need more closer to home representation both at the state level probably in the county of, of whatever county you live in santa cruz i don't know how many supervisors you have i don't know how many i know in the i'll tell you we'll do some math there's five county supervisors okay. santa cruz county there's mm -hmm. Do, do, do what did I just say? Two hundred eighty thousand people in the county. Okay. Take L.A. for example. No, I don't take <laughs> L.A. County. Actually, please take L.A. Please take L.A. <laughs> Drop them Anywhere. off. Of, yeah, long walk off a short cliff. Make them a new state. That's what I say. Well, actually, that's San Bernardino County, and we're going to get to that too. Edward Measure Double E. There are some counties asking some hard questions here. But again, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just, while we're pondering these questions, while we're talking about Pajaro and what's coming out of our mouths is, do, does the state of California care about the people of Pajaro? Well, heck no, because as you said, they're a fraction and they have zero voice and representation in Sacramento. They have less than 0.001. I mean, they, they don't even show up as a, a it's not even a blip, <laughs> not even a, a, d a dash of salt is bigger than they are. That's because there's 120 people out of 40 million who are making the decision. Actually, I take that back. There's one guy that makes all the decisions for California, and that's Gavin Newsom. But he's got 120 other people in Sacramento that feel like they get to decide for mm -hmm. everyone else. They cannot possibly, possibly tell me that that's a functioning democracy. Well, isn't it balanced where there's 50% of them Republicans, 50% of them Democrats? Isn't that the way it works there in California? Don't you have like honest representation? He's a comedian now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I, I know in my country, we've got my state, I should say, <laughs> you know, we <laughs> it should be a country. You know, we've, we do have some corrupt, uh, towns like Austin, Houston, and Dallas. But outside of those three organizations, we have a free America at home. And so my concern is your concern. Because didn't you say last week, as California goes, goes, so goes the nation? Well, that's what they've traditionally said. <clears throat> um, so keep so on track. Let, yeah, let you're getting me off track. But the... Back to representation, though. Yes, there are counties, and there are they're called a uh, something something rural counties. So there's so many. If you look at the map of California, let yep. me back up. Right, there's a little tiny strip of blue along the coast. The majority of Californians like to think clearly. Mm -hmm. right? right, they they don't want Sacramento. The hundred and twenty people. Excuse me. The now there's probably some good people, but the hundred and twenty people in Sacramento that have come up with some really sick and disgusting ways to spend our taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. 
they're not being represented and they're actually standing up. You know, so there's State of Jefferson, very interesting story, all based on this concept of representation in Sacramento. San Bernardino County, one of the best things I think to come out of the November elections was that they voted in for themselves a measure called Measure Double E. Okay. And the anyone who knows anything about, you know, the county politics with, with the state, the state has so many requirements and are pushing so many policies down the throats of these counties. Mm-hmm. Build housing, build this, do that. Mm-hmm. Climate change requirements, all this stuff. Um, and are these counties getting their fair share of the California taxpayer dollars in order to implement all of these regulations? And the state punishes them if they don't. So the state, the uh, county of San Bernardino has said enough is enough with these unfunded mandates, so to speak, from Sacramento. And they have called, the people of, of San Bernardino have called to allow their, their local people to take a cold, hard look at Sacramento and what they're actually getting for their taxpayer dollars and ask some hard questions about, is it time to separate ourselves out from California? Are we, are the people in our county um, at a disadvantage? Are they being, you know, used and abused by the state? Okay, so one thing I do want to say about San Bernardino County, because I'm sure people listening to us here are going to say, well, it's probably all white people, right? Because of the fact that they're pushing away. Here's the truth. 50 for 55% of the population in San Bernardino County is Hispanic. Only 26% is white and 8% is black. And then there's Asians and all of that. Point that I was getting at, these are Hispanics who are standing up against the state of California and saying enough's enough. You've been robbing us for far too long. That's what I wanted That's to point an out. That's excellent point. Because when it's I, not the racist <clears throat> white people. No, when I talked to Peter Hernandez, who ran for Congress, when I talked to Hispanics, both in my state and in your state of California, what's interesting is this Latinx, they're just like gagging over they do it. not like that. In their language, it's very much male or female, Latino or Latina, in regards to their family of origin, their connection to their great-grandparents and so forth, they're very family-oriented. They're very uh, church-oriented. They're not following you know, the lead of this far, far, far left. So keep going. I just had to. And they're not woke. And, and who is really? I, I don't come across that many people, which is... What I, you know, say in disbelief after mm-hmm. the last several elections we've been through, yeah. that's not, you know, does not measure up with my perception. And living in a very, very liberal so-called town, Santa Cruz County, mm-hmm. there's just not that many people that are actually so, so woked out that they think all of this is is okay. Mm-hmm. And bigger government, bring it on. We love it. I don't know anyone that says that. So back to let's let's get back to representation just a little bit, just to finish this off. And I okay. want to put the bug in everyone's ear to go and start thinking about this. It's something that I think has been on the tip of everyone's tongue. Like you haven't quite put all the puzzle pieces together. 
But if you pull back and think, you know, obviously we say, well, government's been broken for a long time and it's this big Leviathan. We're never going to bring back whatever. Are there ways to swizzle it so that we have actual accurate and better representation in government? And is that a self-solving model, right? Everyone's coming at this from different angles. We all have our little niche areas and specialties and the lawyers are working in courts, right? Mm -hmm. We had the attorney on Dell Cold last week. Right. They're doing good work in the <clears throat> courts. And there's people like our our earlier hour, the frontline nurses working at, you know, reinventing the medical model for mm -hmm. health and wellness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, but is this a way that we can combat our sy systemic issues in, in the United States with a, a government that's run amok and is non-functioning. It's, it's its own entity. So well, can the people, I'm just saying, yeah, and I, can I want, we fix it? And I want to just throw this into that mix is because I believe that it really would have to start at the local and county level. I also believe that it would have to move to the state level. As an outsider, I, I hope and pray that California keeps losing Congress people. You know, you went from 53 to 52, and that's only because they cheated on the counting. It would have been 51 if they had properly recorded the U.S. Census. In regards to California, I think it should just have two congressmen, one for the north part, one for the south, because, you know, we don't want California. We, we just Americans don't want California represented because look at what you've sent us, the Pelosi's of the world. Who's that person that became the goofball that's vice president? What's her name? Kamala Harris. Oh, no one can pronounce her name. Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. Who's about to think he's going to be our new senator. Well, we'll just keep going on the list. Schumer, you know, I mean, again. He's it, New York. I know, but that's what I was going to say. Mm. California and New York is is the the scourge of the U.S. And um, so let's get back. I believe you're on a right track, but how is this going to be done? Who's going to speak up? Who's going to carry the, the torch for this? Well, we're putting the bug in everyone's ear, Edward, to at least, at least visualize and think about it. Now, it's a little nuts, right? We had said the founding fathers, I think it was, uh, I'm not going to get it wrong here, but 30,000. Yeah, 30,000, maybe 35,000 constituents per representative. Document says 30. Times were very different back then. And yeah. you're right. It was horse and buggy or bust to mm -hmm. get to Washington to cast a, cast a vote. Well, that's just not, uh, that's not the way we live anymore. We could have a very expanded House of Representatives. So if we did the math, right, if, you, if there's 35,000 constituents per representative or 30,000, that's about uh, 9,400 members in the House of Representatives. That's a lot more voice that I would personally have right. in Washington. But if you watch Star Trek, no, Star Wars, they, they had a universe Senate. Right. And if you remember the visual, there must have been a bazillion yeah. representatives from all those different planets. And it was very ineffective. And I agree with you. This is only a country, a country divided divide it within itself. And one of the things that our founding fathers had that was quite different is that they had a free press that wasn't owned by the government because it's originally, originally was dealing with the king in England. 
So the press was all about, let's crucify government. And that passed on to when we started our own government, the U.S. government. So the press has always been the the watchdog. It's always been the hound of sniff it out. But that's where we went wrong. In our, we don't have anybody watching the government that's in control of the press because Fox doesn't do a very good job. And certainly the other people, CNNs of the world, are, are far worse. They're, I mean, they're just propaganda machines. This is where we come in, Edward. That's why we're here. Hopefully we'll live through tomorrow because of what we just said today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good thing I'm not on social media or I'd be seriously doxxed. Anyways, you know, we'll move on on here. But let's just say. Let me know when you want to change the subject because we have a commercial break. Yes, we we do. Well, then I'm going to wrap this up. I just want everyone to think about that. When was the last time we took an actual look at the hard math? Um, Mm -hmm. It's. It's worth adding to the mix of what do we do about the mess we've gotten ourselves into. Right. And people need to participate in the elections, which is the other part. Because if you're going to get more elective representatives, you have to have people actually vote. Instead of many of our midterms, you know, 19, 20% of the actual possible voters actually participate and vote. And then they don't count our votes anyway, so... Those are all the dead people. That that too. All right, so what we need to do is we need to take a quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio, and this program is Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. And we are tackling subjects in the first hour and in the second hour of our program. And our show is going further and further abroad across the United States. And we look forward to the support we get from our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at freedomfest.com. See you in Memphis. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, Business Writing, Outlook, and Sexual Harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. Thank you. We're back. And so what I want to talk about wrestling. Wrestling? Huh? Yes. Yes. Because, you is know, it mud wrestling. No, no, no. This is legitimate wrestling in the country of Canada. So you had shared with me this story about those women's rights warrior. It was your header. And I thought, oh, okay. Then I read it, and it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Who did you originally think I was talking about? Yeah. Okay. So here's the backstory. So, and this is powerlifting. Yes, powerlifting. Yeah. This is lifting a big heavy bar with lots of weights on it. So Canadian Powerlifting Union, that's in Canada, allows anybody who identifies as a woman to compete in the female category. Now, what does that require? doesn't require anything. All it does is check a box. I'm identifying as a woman, no hormone treatment, 
No, no cut off penises. Can I say that online? Sure, I can. Um, and all of those body parts are just are intact. So what happened was there was a man, Ava Silverberg, Avi Silverberg, I believe it is, who wanted to just show what a ridiculous statement and setup this was. So he is a professional powerlifter. A man. Man. A a real man. Didn't pretend. Just check the box. He goes to this event and literally, basically calmly approaches the bench, hits the weights, lifts it up, wins the event, and uh, breaks the woman's record for this Heroes Classic tournament in Alberta, Canada. Now, I find that to be ironic. And, you know, because of the way the things are set up, that was the way it was. But what I found that was made me laugh was he broke a record, smashed a record that was set before by a transgender powerlifter by the name of Anne Andres, who is also a guy. Yeah, the backstory on this is it that goes worse. Yeah, well, no, you're yeah, you're ahead. hitting on it that these <laughs> women powerlifters, speaking as a CrossFitter myself, right? You know, you you mm-hmm. work really hard, you train, 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 and we're seeing this in women's sports across the board. But particularly, this happened in Canada, where a trans and I can never say it correctly trans someone claimed they were female. Mm-hmm joined the powerlifting association and was winning all of these women's competitions. But that was after failing at all the men's competitions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the women are PO'd, right? Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So here comes their savior, as Edward's saying, right? uh, This Avi Silverberg Mm -hmm. said, enough is enough. Walked in as a man, said, I feel like a woman today signed mm-hmm. up for the competition and went and blew everyone out of the water to make a statement. Right. And, um, well, you've seen it. They've, I've seen it in boxing. I've seen boxing. it. Boxing. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're doing, what's that other kind of boxing where they kick and do all of that kind of stuff? Well, like mixed martial arts. Kind of something like UFC. That. I'm a big UFC fan. So, yeah. Okay. So I haven't watched any of that stuff, but the reality is swimming. It's track. It's this boxing, kicking people's heads. It's uh, lifting weights. It's everything. And what I don't understand, and you, you're you going to have to answer this for me because you're representing all women everywhere. Happily. Um, how is that promoting women's rights? I'm confused. Rightly so to be confused. It's not. It's not there's, the way the, the far, far left represents this. They, they think it's it's good. They think it's fair. Well, think about how fast things turn around, right? Just this last week, there was another tragic shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. An angry transvestite. And yeah, a trans someone else or other, technically a woman. Mm, yeah. Right. Called born, herself born a guy a online or some, right. something. Mm-hmm. And an obvious crime against a Christian school. Making a statement, mm-hmm. if you discern what they're saying from the manifesto and from postings and various things, making a statement against Christians. All of a sudden in the last several days, there's been trans, you know, trans people are under attack. They've taken 
this person who went in and shot up young children and adults in a killed, school. Killed three nine-year-olds. Yes. Killed them. And have instantly turned the narrative around to trans people's lives are in danger and we're being persecuted under attack, right? It's the exact polar opposite of what's going on. And it that's the same exact technique they're using with these men in women's sports narratives. Mm-hmm. Anyone with half a brain is like, um, yeah, that's not right. But they're turning it around as, oh, well, you're persecuting the trans community and it's all your fault, you transphobic, racist people. They're not even willing to have a discussion about a level-headed discussion about does this make sense? Is this right? Because they can't because <laughs> they, they would lose. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no logic to it. So here's here's another proposal. I think that that guy, girl, girl, guy, whatever you want to call it, just she's a trans. What's what's the hip word for it? Trans something or other. I think what she did was she just simply wanted to do. She hates herself. So she did suicide by SWAT. Sure. I mean, the evidence, when if you watch the video, she had those four or five police officers walk up to her, practically tap her on the shoulder and say, we're going to shoot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she made really no move at doing anything, which is what suicide by cop is all about. You, you do some, break some law, you wander around with a gun, and then you get shot and you die, and, and you're a martyr. And, and that was your whole purpose. And it, it's it's literally sad because <clears throat> if I was to say anything about this this issue, I think if someone who is twenty five or thirty five years old wants to wear a dress and and think that they're going to be a woman because of what they put on. You know, I'm I'm just like, well, you can do whatever you want. You're an adult. I think when they're under 18, under parental care and parental guidance, I, I think that's completely wrong with teachers, what schools, and what medical professionals, as we had mentioned in the last hour, are actually doing. I think that's an absolute crime, a crime against children. And that's your taxpayer dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Here in California, Thank you again, the 120 people in Sacramento who think they know better than everyone else who do not represent your voice in Sacramento. They decided to pay for these treatments and medical procedures and drugs, you name it, surgeries, top and bottom, for children across America who live in these evil red red states and can't get the medical care they need. Bring them one and all to California. We will pay for your surgeries. We will yeah, pay for your drugs. But, it's nothing short of child abuse. But it's they're not stopping there on what they're paying for. They're they're re-educating teachers, they're re-educating school boards, they're re-educating the curriculum in schools. All with, that's money coming from the taxpayers that is paying for this, that is indoctrinating and misinforming young, impressionable kids that are like six years old and having those um Drag, I don't. It's not dragster. It's like a drag dresser or something like that. <laughs> drag racing. It's, it's not drag. drag racing. Yeah, they should bring back <laughs> drag racing. You know, that way we would have a far more a, innocent, a, a healthier sport to watch. Well, well, Lynn, let me add this. Yep. So, a number of weeks ago, I happened to be scrolling through something on online and came across an ad from Burberry, right? Some mm-hmm. 
high fashion. Yeah, I remember Burberry. Burberry. There's a new ad Burberry had out. Actually, I want to say this this was uh, the gal who runs Libs of TikTok had come across this and she had posted this. Burberry has this new ad. And what was it? Two naked women. One of them with scars across her chest. She'd had a mastectomy. This is a young woman, maybe with short hair or something kind of, mm-hmm. kind of mannish. Sitting there for everyone to see the scars across her breasts where they used to be. Um, and she's embracing this other young woman who's shirtless as well or whatever, back to the camera. And the point to it was to glorify, fashionify, that's a word, mm-hmm. to make fashionable the cutting off of young women's breasts for their their trans promotion movement, whatever it is, right? You you print this ad in fashion magazines or post it around and you are advertising to young women that this is hip. This is as hip as it gets. Well, Look how cool and fashionable and and progressive and on the cutting edge of, you know, whatever. So what happened to Bur- what happened to Burberry? They used to be back in the eighties the the raincoat people, and <laughs> no. you know it was just like. Well, they're upping their game, Edward. Downing their game. Yeah. Well, I'm saying you know they want to be as trendy as trendy gets because mm-hmm. this is a trendy fad. It's okay. a mental illness sickness, but it's a trendy fad. Everyone's jumping on, and and you know the Vogue industry of America is is not exempt. So I just have to say that to glorify this, to encourage young women to think that this is beneficial to their social image in some way mm-hmm. is a disgusting, disgusting crime. And I have to say that there are millions of women across America who have had their breasts cut off for medical reasons, for cancer, for cancer, yeah. Who happen to see that ad and don't think that it's cute and fun and hip and trendy and fashionable? No, they're they cry inside for these young women who have no idea what they're doing to themselves mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to to women who have had this by necessity to have these quote unquote top surgeries, mastectomies. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't think it's cute. It's being thrown in, thrown in their face, exactly. too. That's terrible. Well, we're going to need to take another quick break for our sponsors. You're listening to Business Sense Radio, and today's show is Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. And we're going to be on for um, intelligent sense. It's pretty intelligent, but we don't have to call it that. So we'll be back in in. Two minutes. Thank you very much. Freedom Fest 2023 is coming to the home of the blues and birthplace of rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through 15th. The ultimate summit for liberty and financial freedom hosted by Fox Business, Lisa Kennedy. Attend our global financial summit. Four days of investment advice, dozens of financial experts. Use promo code BIZ50 and save 50 bucks off. That's B-I-Z-5-0. Reserve your spot at FreedomFest.com. See you in Memphis. 
Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. And we're back with uh, Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. And I guess you could tell we're just kind of having fun today. And I think the reason why we're just kind of rambling all over the spots here is because we had originally signed up and lined up a literally two um, interviews with people that were that are truly right at the heart of this issue at the Levi break, Levy break in Pajaro and Watsonville and the impact on, on farmers. And um, being that the show also plays in the Salinas Valley and um, over in the... Up and down the Central San, Coast, really. Yeah, I mean, right. the, the signals. San Benito County and all of that. So we have a lot of farmers. We have a lot of people that are working for the farms, associated with farms, mm-hmm. uh, industries. It's the biggest industry in Monterey County from what I can tell. And um, the the point is, is that I, I'm making fun of things because I just want to point out that what you see in the news, what you hear about on a day-to-day does two things. One is it does not represent America. You know, the, the 80, 85, maybe 90% of people that are in our listening audience, but in the listening, you know, area are good, solid people. And, you know, even though they let live and, you know, whatever that saying is, you know, they let people make their own choices once they've reached an age of um, adulthood. You know, they're not trying to impose their ways on others, unlike what the far, far, far left, it's not progressive, it's regressive, is jamming their opinions, jamming their medications, jamming their political ideologies, electric vehicles, no more gas stoves. I mean, everything is being jammed on us. Now, what's coming up? And we're running out of time for today, four and a half minutes. I'll tell you what's coming up. We are going to have food shortages which we already have, but the efforts of the World Economic Forum, the UN, and how they own and have bought our government, um, what you see this year, in a year from now, it's going to be far worse. And please, write this down, put it on your calendar, and check back with me one year from now, and we will see how much worse off it is and whether or not we're at war with China at that point, we'll have to check back on that one as well. But I, at least, Edward King, yeah. at least Donald Trump will be in jail. And that will just make everything, that will make America great again, right? So are you mocking me or what are you doing with that one? <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying we have because real told issues me, you, here. You told me you, you weren't planning on voting for Trump anyway, and you're a Republican or you're— No, 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 no. I never said that. I said I, I didn't necessarily think that he should run for office again. Oh, I see. Because they will short, stop at nothing short of dropping nuclear bombs on this country, lest have Donald Trump, Donald Trump in the White House again. That's what I think, right? I and and they're starting that. They're starting that with indictment. We we don't have nearly enough time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I want to end. Let me touch back on something super quick. Counties fighting back uh, in California. 
Shasta County. And of course, you can go look this up. Uh, the Shasta County Board of Supervisors voted, this was earlier this year, I think it was last month, to discontinue the use of Dominion machines. Excellent. And then furthermore, I think this was just this week, um, another vote by the Board of Supervisors. Uh, they have voted to go to an entirely um, hand-counted paper ballots. Excellent. In Shasta County. So mm -hmm. a little, <laughs> we're going to end on a little bit of good news here, mm -hmm. is there are sane people really trying to rest things back. And again, getting back to the pre-scandemic um, voting system in California would do a world of good, not paper ballot or mail-in ballots flying through the yeah. mail. Shasta County need, you know, follow them and encourage them in this. And um, of course, there's people in Sacramento not happy with this decision, but we'll see how this plays out. They're trying to take take things back a little bit up there. Great. Hey, so another good bit of news, and I want people to check this out. It's called Act Blue, A C T B L U E, and it is a Democrat leftist party money machine. And what's interesting about this is that they are abusing the donation machine. And so what happened here is there is an organization called Election Watch. And what they revealed was that hundreds of senior citizens across the country, unbeknownst to them, have been making hundreds and in many cases thousands of donations per year to ActBlue and other left-leaning political causes. And when people went out and asked them, why did you put 30,000, 100,000 into this? And they go, we didn't do that on a person-to-person -person base where they went around and interviewed these people. So what happened is, is that they're being used, their names are being used as the source of the donation. And this dark money is filling in their, not their bank account. It's just giving them credit for it and them not knowing about it. And we're talking millions of dollars of abuse. And we're going to have Democrat. to get that. Democrat candidates is exactly where it's going to. Wow, that's that's amazing. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed our second hour. Look forward to our program next week. We have another very interesting guest, a national guest. And you've been listening to Business Sense Radio, Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. And we will be back next week. All right, thank you very much, Edward King. Yes, you've been listening to Issues That Matter, and you can contact Edward and Kristen through the website, bcrradio.com. And be sure to join us again next week at the same time on this station for another edition of Issues That Matter with Edward King and Kristen Hurley. preceding was a paid commercial program and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff or management.